Good morning, and welcome back to our Weekly Wiseman, the weekly Frederick Wiseman podcast where we watch weekly the films of Frederick Wiseman and then speak to them. My name is B. Peterson, I am your host, and with me as always is... Harold Rufiaga, just opening my yap up and speaking directly to the movie, baby. Full lips on the television screen. Got that bad boy in my gams. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, because you can lick stuff now because you're fully vaccinated, aren't you? Right. Congratulations. That's the, the news of news of the day. Uh, I also uh, went went to South by Southwest in an unofficial capacity as, as a film podcaster. Um, I, I guess I should report on things like that. Uh, that that I, I dipped my dipped my toes into a couple South by screenings. One of which is, is my recommendation from the margins for today. Yeah, no, I was noticing that because I saw that on your letterbox that you'd reviewed some stuff. I'm like, hey, why haven't I heard it? And I'm like, oh, wait, it's a South by... Hey, this guy's going to a festival. It was very last minute. <laughs> anyway, so. um, and and yeah. I didn't have a lot of time, especially because I'm, I'm doing like research and gearing up to write a million things uh, as the semester ends. Uh, but but I, I did catch a, a, a couple. Four. I, I caught four movies, which is two more than I was expecting. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, but also, you know, kind of jealous of my friends who had the time to watch, like, Eleven. Uh, and there's, like, a handful of stuff that looked interesting and that I was like, I'm, I don't have, I can't do this. Didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's cool. Um, so... Here we are. We didn't mention last last episode that it was our tenth episode, but congratulations us, we made it to ten episodes, and so classic. All right. Um. So Harold, why don't you take it away? Why don't I take it away? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We're 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 trying out a new thing here, huh? Um. I don't know. Like. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I I I most of the stuff that I I watched at South by by the way. Uh, documentaries. It just happened to be just just okay. happened to kind of kind of skew that way. Actually, no, never mind. It was a pretty even split. Uh, but the stuff that stood out the most to me was the documentaries. I watched that. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright has a new one coming out. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. With uh, about the band Sparks, uh, which is fun. There's a lot of celebrity talking heads. Surprise appearance by Mike Myers of all people, who I haven't seen like on screen since literally the early 2000s. Well, I mean, uh, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. I erased that part from my memory. I yeah, erased. okay, totally fair, but just the only you know, the the only ahead. part of that I remember is the Live Aid like recreation, mm-hmm. which is the only passable part of the film. Right, and which you can just go and watch the Live Aid performance on YouTube in 4K, and it's way better. Yeah, because um, it's the actual oh, thing, and, and the really badly edited lunch scene that oh, everybody yeah. loves to laugh at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar winner for best editing. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's not even. Let's not even start. You know with what that. other movie Mike Myers is in? Uh, the Love Guru. Yes, but also. <laughs> oh, the Cat in the Hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> which came? Yeah, which came out in the early two thousands. So, so speaking yes. of, uh, we watched The Garden, two thousand four film by Frederick Wiseman. Two thousand five. Sorry. Uh, famously never released yeah. uh, officially because the management, the owners of Madison Square Garden, I forget their last name. Uh, they 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 mention it. Um, the owners of Madison Square Garden, uh, in the in their deal with Wiseman, 
he apparently like contracted him or something uh you know we've talked a lot about not really knowing how Wiseman gets his gigs and what the sort of politics and the sort of agreements in place are uh but but apparently they had final say on on this mm-hmm. cut and you, when you watch the movie you can see why they didn't really want this going out and apparently we you know we watched the VHS rip on archive.org that literally just surfaced like last no 2 years ago 2019 Right. Uh, and it, from what I know, sources tell me it is, is like a rip of a VHS that was sent out to like Italian critics. Um, okay. And it's it's interesting as an artifact, uh, and for me especially, just the 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 specificity of like the early the, like like the early two thousands vibe. So much. Well, here that's the thing though, is because it's not early two thousands. It's it it was actually the reason it 90s? took so long. To be released is because it was 90, 1997. Oh, this was all filmed in ninety in ninety seven, and I was confused because normally uh, uh, Wiseman's films are shot two um, anywhere between one to three years before the film comes out, and I was confused because at the beginning of the film we see Rudy Giuliani as the mayor of of New York City in uh, uh, with an elephant parade. And then I was like, hold on, hold on, didn't, was he mayor after 2001? Because he wasn't. And then at the very end of the film, the last shot is, and this is no doubt, uh, uh, this was edited after 9-11, but the last shot is the Twin Towers at sunset. Um, and so I was like, hold on, this movie was shot before 2001, or or at least before 9-11. And so... Um, yeah, it was filmed in 90, 1997, and it didn't even get quote-unquote released until se- se- seven years later. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Now that, now that you're saying this, you know, that's why you don't finish the movie at like 2, three, two to 3.30 uh, a.m. <laughs> because you forget that the Twin Towers were a thing, and it's not just two big-ass buildings uh, that are there in the shot. What happened to them? Uh, anyway, uh, I and like it like it's so weird because like other than those those details like all of the this is this is another Wiseman documentary that has celebrities one of the the rare occurrences every single personality that was there with like maybe the exception of one still had like cultural like weight or like cultural relevance mm. into the early two thousands uh, so that was that partly made it confusing and it's also my own sort of personal memories of um the last time that i remember the circus being a thing which is <laughs> in, in the early 2000s uh, that yeah. was like the the ringling brothers like going out you know Peta had had driven them to the <laughs> out of business um and that I'm, I'm surprised how much of that is what the movie deals with the circus stuff specifically uh, and it also like the space, the physical space of Madison Square Garden reminds me of this place here in Austin called the Frank Irwin Center, which is the exact same type of like multi-purpose, like sport, mm-hmm. entertainment, sort of children's live show, uh, multi-purpose building. Uh, it's actually like even the the, the layout and the the shape of the building itself very similar. I think they they took a lot of cues from from MSG. Um, Man, you really shouldn't have handed the reins over to me because it's just no. This. I mean, I'm 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 loving this, frankly. Um, old, old man yells at cloud time. 
Well, no, no. Like, I, I mean, you, you've, you've got information that I didn't have because I was wondering. It's like, hold on, did like I was wondering. I was like, why didn't this get ever officially released? And by the way, archive.org is which is where we watched this because it was it was hilarious because I after finishing recording uh, our episode on state legislature, I was like, okay, where am I gonna find the garden? I went over to Canopy and it wasn't there, and I was like, hold on, oh no, um, and. So yeah, it it is on archive.org, um, which is a great resource for public domain films and films that are otherwise hard to find. Um, and so that is the only Wiseman film that is on archive.org, I'll say. Um, and so I went, I've gone and double checked and I've made sure that every single other documentary film that Wiseman directed is on Canopy. The two films that he directed that are not, or co-directed that aren't on Canopy are his two narrative films. Um, and one of them was at one point streaming on Mubi and is just not right now. And the other one is available almost in its entirety on YouTube. And it was also at one point streaming on Mubi. And as for the cool world, which is his, the first film that Zipper of films produced, he produced it, which is a Shirley Clark film. Um, that is, you can get a VHS for it for 400 bucks. Um, <laughs> so that one, when we get, when we get back to, late 70s early 80s we're gonna have maybe some issues in in finding stuff but i mean wouldn't just rest... narrowing narrowing the scope to documentary i guess but the kind of, I, I i i am very interested in in seeing like going through everything because mm-hmm. with we are so fortunate to have pretty much everything available for this guy yeah um as opposed to like with dorothy arzner a lot of her stuff is just lost yep. and so and so I'm I'm really hoping to be able to go through every single thing. And who knows? By the end of this podcast, maybe Wiseman will have reached out to us as like, "Hey, I got a 16 millimeter print of of uh, the Cool World, or or uh, uh, I miss Sonia Henny, or or whatever." It's like, "Hey, I can hook you up. Yeah, uh, do you want to do you want to hang out? Yeah, you want to hang? Yeah, We're all vaccinated yeah. now. Yeah, you want to um, smoke, smoke a blunt with Frederick Wiseman? <laughs> I might actually smoke weed if it meant that I got to hang out with Frederick Wiseman." <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so I, yeah, there's, that's the context for that for me. Um, yeah, this, this film for me, I, it's three hours and 15 minutes. This was, I think that I can safely say that this was the first Wiseman film that I was thoroughly bored by. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't really get much of anything out of this movie. I don't, I don't know about you, but. In terms of like everything that else that I've seen from Wiseman up until this point, whether or not I loved the film or loathed it, like with State Legislature, which is a good film, I just loathed watching it. I was engrossed because I was learning about something. And here, I think it's kind of due to the nature of the venue is is this is a we're documenting a place that is always already being documented with basketball games and uh, uh, concert performances and uh, all, all of the, it's always hosting stuff that is usually in some way or another televised. Like for me, watching this film was a kind of like just switching through channels on TV in maybe 1997. And so I didn't really get much and because like the boardroom stuff like the board meeting stuff that we always like to talk about there's barely any of that in this movie i really felt that i was rarely ever given an insight into 
the goings on here other than like here is everything that we put on for people and so i i i can't say that i really got anything out of this movie really i well i i think even though the board room scenes are few and far between i think they're very revelatory obviously you know they're the reason that this film wasn't released uh and i think when it comes to like just like getting that insight into these labor practices i mean like these people who are literally like gathered around a table and being like how can we get some people in the union who will you know uh bow to our demands in right. in, in in much nicer words um but i think they like call them goons at one point it's like the, the just the like mm-hmm. how just awful like these these the these people are the disdain that these people are for other people who are like looking out for the interests of like the workers that keep this place alive. And yeah, I, I think more delves backstage uh, would have definitely been better in this film. I see what you mean because when it's not the boardroom, it's like the kitchen mostly. Yeah. You just see the kitchen or the janitors. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. But uh, again, I also think that the repetition of these, scenes is it serves a purpose you know it's not just wise and padding out the runtime he just really wants to drive home <laughs> you know how much this labor sort of sustains pretty much every part of of a a, a, a building like this the, the the building itself uh and also you know i have like this is another one that i have a, a semi-weird uh personal connection to because i uh have worked summer jobs doing catering uh, okay. And doing doing like hospitality stuff, uh, and we we did it. We did a, a couple jobs at the Frank Irwin Center, uh, and you know, seeing everybody clean up the trash, seeing everybody like seeing the the workers like eat in this area, you know, that's like in this nook, that's like it's just concrete walls, and it's very obviously like not a not a an area that anybody normally gets to see. Uh, it's very familiar to me. Yeah. Uh, no. And and I'm not and that stuff this is easily the most interesting thing in this film. That's the most interesting stuff in this film for me is the stuff that isn't televised. It's the like the moment after an interview with a hockey player where they're sudden where they're now off air and um and they just chat for a sec or we see the guy who's signaling the camera kind of thing like those little moments. Um, easily the most emotional moment in the film for me was after like the, the TV interviewers talking about like losing uh, like a stage manager who worked at um, the, uh, the garden for 28 years. And like, he talks is like, is like, you will be missed camera cuts. And he just breaks down yep. um, like that. There's, there's moments in there, but I, and I'm not, and I don't think no one can ever accuse Wiseman of padding out the runtime. The guy, films hundreds of hours of footage and then only releases three to two to five of it so we can't accuse the guy of like oh he's just throwing stuff in there to throw stuff in there no he's he is there's there's an obvious decision making process and just for me the stuff that grabbed me was was what felt more like the stuff on the outside of the centerpieces of the film um like the the kitchen work or like the the assembly of the concessions the cotton candy production 
I, I love that. Like, there's a whole room just for cotton candy. Um, or the, the my favorite bit in the movie, which only got like five seconds, is the guy who's playing the music live to the basketball games. Like, why weren't we in there for the entire basketball game? That's way more interesting than a basketball game to me. I mean, obviously, like, I'm not a sports person. I'm not really, I'm not really into any of the stuff that's being hosted here. Um, the 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 dog shows the cat shows which by the way there's a triple threat of cats in this movie because we got the tart we got the tigers at the at the circus show we got the cats at the cat show and then we have cats the musical just shows up at at like a halftime rehearsal performance yeah um, it's it's like a halftime musical review which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing for like a basketball game or something which yeah. is like Oh, only in New York, right? Because you mm-hmm. try to like do that stuff in Texas, and you're like, "Why are sudden? Why are there musical theater people out on this on the court now? <laughs> and can we get them off, please?" Yeah, um, I just I wanted. I'll just list off the the people who who are performing there because we have Chicago, um, all that jazz is is the little bit that they play. We've got a musical which I've never heard of called "Bring In De Noise, Bring In De Funk," um, which I want to see that. Um, we got Phantom of the Opera and then Cats and then we cut away. Um, but yeah, it's just the people, it feels like what would have been so much more interesting is all of the, is focusing almost entirely on the people working there. And instead so much of the time was spent to the events themselves. And I guess none of those ever really grabbed me. I, I, I can see that, but I think, um, I mean, other than like, capturing a specific cultural moment i think a lot of the moments speak to the sort of new york sort of sort of madison square garden as a kind of micro microcosm of new york that i feel that frederick wiseman is like trying to get at or or microcosm of the of the u.s even um and like stuff like 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 seeing like the harlem globe trotters it's like mm-hmm. yeah of course of course the, that's that's precisely the the kind of footage uh, that that you'd expect in a documentary of uh, of Madison Square Garden, um, and also you know, do you know how much pay per view costs? Why isn't this really given given the viewers run for their money there? Yeah, yeah, no, I I I, I guess I can see all this. It's just I just I I can't really deny the fact that that it was midnight by the time I was two hours into this film, and I was like, you know what? I can just finish this tomorrow. I'm I'm nothing is is holding my attention to uh, a staggering degree. Um, like nothing is compelling me to keep watching. And and yeah, no, I I get the it it is a it is a good portrait of this place. It's just I guess the this is the first instance where the place ultimately just didn't do it for me. Like this isn't the kind of place I'd hang out. Um, yeah, you you wouldn't go see Stone Cold T- Steve Austin and Triple H bring no. the referee in, bring the referee into the fight, and also <laughs> some. See, that's know. the thing is, do you know? I didn't know who those people were. Like, I had like I was pretty sure it was Mary J. Blige, but I didn't know for sure. Like, I don't really know all the celebrities that are appearing here. Like my my kind of celebrities is like, oh look, Tanahisi Coates in Ex Libris. Like that's that's the celebrity guest appearance. I mean, for a that, that's a more that's also a more recent film, right? Obviously, but it's just like writers are is like that's or is more my avenue than like musicians or sports stars. I just I don't know these people, and so 
really really being gener really being generous and you might cause some drama among your listeners by calling wrestling oh. a sport <laughs> i w okay so this is let me just plug here we've got a big project coming up um that we've that i'm almost done editing and so it so um it's and it's up to some other people for when it gets released but probably within the next few weeks and and it's a collection of three podcasts into one podcast that we did on one single film and what isn't in that one podcast is about it's probably going to be about three hours of audio that's going to be a patreon exclusive and in that mark edward and hoik mark sorry mark edward hoik and i we do the dorothy arzner podcast together um we talk for about 45 minutes about a film involving wrestling and so we we went into wrestling a lot when when talking about that and um and yeah and on that and on that podcast i was like yeah no i don't know anything about wrestling i don't know who freddie blassie is uh okay and that was anyway so that that's that's right i'm sorry i'm not a wrestling person i know about the movie trivia schmodown that's as close as i get to wrestling um so i mean i i, I don't consider myself even like a a, a connoisseur or even a, a huge fan i just like it's just like you through through friends who like are obsessed with it and i just kind of pick up some stuff and like like i said that like turn of the millennium like like stone cold steve austin was huge mary j blige huge um and then you know just like that that era yeah. uh see i know mary j blige from mudbound that's what i know her from is <laughs> is from the d Rees film which by the way shout out to d Rees for getting a criterion release of pariah that's awesome anyway um yeah uh Toys R Us <laughs> taking residency at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> that was a fun yeah. scene. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this this must have been before the really big one was built in, in Times Square, which was another, you know, another project by helped along by a star of Borat's subsequent movie film, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the only way we're going to refer to him now. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, it's a, you're not a fan of a Sesame Street Live, B? Oh, that scene, um, like, <laughs> I was just so distracted by how loud the kids were. Like, they, they were being, yeah. <laughs> they were so loud. <laughs> I was like, uh, parents? <laughs> Are there parents in this I audience? Know. That's the that's the place to to do it, right? You're yeah, like, oh, finally, Sesame Street's coming coming to town. I can just nod off in this seat while my kid I count just zero goes things in this box. Uh <laughs> while my child just goes absolutely ape shit. Um, bleep that out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, the going back to the uh, amount of pet related shows and and things of the cat show perhaps maybe the one of the most enthralling bits of this movie is a, a woman delivering uh a lecture a talk about how to massage a cat she literally got her degree in like stroking pussy <laughs> <laughs> she did her thesis on it <laughs> 
uh, and and she shows Harold. the proper <laughs> she shows the proper technique up on stage. I think that is the funniest and worst moment we've ever had in this podcast. I applaud you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all your co-hosts are gonna try to like one up me now. I'm just saying, just saying the most. And, gross. and none of them will be able to do it. Uh, saying the most inappropriate comments that 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 they can that they can muster. Um. Yeah. Uh. I think yeah. The, the, there was like a surrounding kind of seek. There was a a sequence that was like a bunch of different trade shows. It was like a coffee coffee tasting mm-hmm. which just kind of gave me flashbacks to being trained as a barista sniffing uh, just won't work get up in there with your mouth open is what she says they also talk about chocolate body paint and the great sex weekend in that sequence <laughs> yeah they're like whatever and but uh, see then I, i'm like such a like a pretentious person and i'm like <laughs> Oh, you know, this is so so interesting in the term in terms of like uh, the 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 difficulty that she expresses in being like, you know, how do we put this feeling? How do we put the sensation into words? <laughs> and as as people who like watch film actively and and critically, uh, we sort of wrestle with that literally for an hour every week <laughs> with right. each other um you know what that's what that whole bit reminded me of though was the um you, you know who pro zd is the yeah. youtuber yeah it reminded me of his video about like uh before and after you discover a reddit uh, uh culture about something and he's like talking about water and he just sips the water he's like mm, good and then it cuts to him it's like ah oh, yes the uh ph level da, 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 da. and i was like ah <laughs> That's that. That's what the whole bit with the coffee smelling reminded me of was, was was that, Prozd, master of the short form, uh, old old school YouTube, and also um the funniest character in Tuca and Birdie, which is a hilarious show. He plays um the uh hospital computer monitor that's in love with a lamp. Um. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, overall, overall, I can see, I can see how this one, how this one didn't do it for you. I mean, uh, that's the thing is, we're just we're the way we're talking about this is we're just kind of listing scenes. Like, there's, there's not, there's not, there's not really an overarching thesis to this film. Like, there's not a message to it other than this is the Madison Square Garden. Well, see, I, once again, I'm, I'm telling you the, the like repetition of these cooking sequences, and, and, and the, the closed doors, you know executive meetings i think it's it's trying to get at the invisible labor that that holds this place up you know the, these mesmerizing takes of people painstakingly hand painting the lines on the hockey uh, mm-hmm. rink um i i think the show the 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 you're right the, the sort of primary main stage spectacle kind of distracts from that, but it's also necessary in in illustrating what the ultimate product is for Madison Square Garden. And early early on, it's a training. Uh, it's a 
orientation. Short, yeah, short scene of a new employee orientation, where it's like we don't sell services, we 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 sell them on the on, on the Madison Square Garden experience, the service, the you know being treated like like you're a celebrity when you're there, and all these freight elevators, all these kitchens, all these. Uh, spaces that uh, usually, you know, when you go to a building like this, you go to the ticket booth and you might get a concession, might go to the bathroom, but then you just go directly to your seat to see the thing. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think the insight alone uh, is, is worth it, even though, you know, it may not add up to, to what it feels like it's trying to to convey. Well, maybe maybe if... It just, it felt for me while watching this that all of those aspects, the behind the scenes stuff, really felt secondary to the main, like the the actual uh, performances and expos and all those things. And I, I, maybe this is a case where like, where I talked about with like National Gallery, how I felt like that film could have been shorter, but really for what I was what I eventually came to is like really that all this stuff was really interesting. It's just that there was so much of it that it kind of got overwhelming. And so if there had been two films that were shorter and that had a, had each had a specific focus, like one on talking about the art and one talking about archive, the, like the behind the scenes archiving stuff like that, maybe that I feel like that that would have worked better for me for here though. I think that, I think that the main stuff, I guess for me, just kind of distracted from this. Like, I mean, because we all know what a basketball game looks like. We all know what a circus performance looks like. Like, it's it's cool to see it. But I I guess on some level. But f- for me, like, if, if those had been, like, very, very brief moments, if those were the, felt like the, almost like the interstitials um, between the, the boardroom meetings and the um, and the janitors at work and the and the chefs at work and and yeah and the, that gorgeous sequence of like painting the uh, painting painting the 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 court for the floor hockey like like imagine if you will that instead of repeatedly seeing the hockey games or repeatedly seeing the basketball games we got to see the repeated painting of the court and if the focus had been placed on that by virtue of of seeing those things repeated then i felt like that i would have that that the film was like deliberately focusing on these people and which is the the i guess you could say underrepresented uh part of madison square garden which is all the people behind the scenes and and for me it felt like that all those painting and the cleaning and all that stuff felt closer to the interstitials between the main events so i don't know yeah i i I see what you're saying it's just i i i guess for me the performances and the venue and the expos and all that stuff took up too much time (laughs) i I get you and you know there may be some unknown kind of editing pressure put on wiseman from of course yeah i I think i think the group is called the or the family's called the dolans um uh, you know, being like, okay, we we need you to showcase more of like the stuff that is actually the main part of the Madison Square Garden, please. And I I could see totally see something like that happening. And then that's the cut that we see now, right before the 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 they decided to pull their their release of it. 
Um, so yeah, without knowing too much about the specific kind of politic like politics that kind of played into it, um, yeah, there's uh, for me there's still enough there. Um, if if only to see uh, P Diddy on stage. <laughs> well, in, in as he was known then, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy and the family. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was another, right. there was like a, an NBA uh sort of side like musical performance. It was like broadcast by NBC. Mm-hmm. I think that was Salt and Pepper. Oh, which yes. should should have clued me that it it wasn't entirely the early 2000s yet. But Well, so here's the thing though is were the, the song that they were singing were they singing a song for Mike Check? Because uh, they kept talking about a mic check in the song. And I don't know if that's just what no, pa- no, Salt no, and Pepper sing about, sings about. I, I think that's just like sort of call and response thing with the audience. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it. it was an empty venue. Like, they were, it wasn't an actual concert. It was clearly like a rehearsal or something. Yeah. And so I was just like, are the, is this the song that they sing for mic check? Because that's hilarious that they have a song for mic check. But anyway. Um, all right. Do we want to get into Quantified Vibe Check? Oh yeah, we kept kept it kept it nice and uh, nice and short. Yeah, nice I, and short I, on yeah, one. yeah. We're barely over half an hour, so man, they uh, don't all have to be super long. Yeah, let's say let's give it a, a chorus line of basketball. Hmm. That's the sort of imagery I'm I'm working with here. All right. The the, the fact yeah the, the fact that it starts off with that and it's like oh, yeah uh, people a chorus line of people holding basketballs. And it's playing. Uh, they're singing "New York, New York." I feel like that was a sly moment uh, from from Frederick Wiseman. And I'm curious if you know the, the earlier and earlier we get into his filmography, if we'll see more sort of sly moments uh, than the sort of utopian visions that we are have kind of gotten with a later career Wiseman. Well, I mean, you know what we're the final episode of this podcast, unless we do talk about the cool world, will be Titty Cut Follies, oh boy. which is and, yeah, definitively the, the op- yeah. <laughs> dystopian vision. Yeah. So we're only going, I mean, ne- you know what we're doing next week, right? <laughs> oh, is it time? It's it's time. <laughs> it's time for Domestic Violence to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, for Quantified Vibe Check, I'm going to give this film, uh, four beautiful, beautiful painted letter stenciling, um, on the floor hockey court, um, out of, out of, of eight, um, uh, uh, pre-game, uh, uh, pre-Knicks game sermons. Um, (laughs) that was just so funny seeing all these gigantic basketball players sitting in these tiny little chairs in a little room, um, (laughs) hearing about, about giving this whole, old little sermon. It was, that was just, that was, that was funny to me. Um, but, uh, all right. I guess, I guess that brings us to, uh, recommendation of the margins. Great. So. During South by, I watched this. Uh, originally, I was gonna suggest uh, this concert movie called "Shut Up and Play the Hits," which is the last show uh, by LCD Sound System, their farewell show uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, in like 2011. But then the band got back together, so it's like watching that film is like 
you're just asking yourself what's the point of all this emotion um my pick that i watched during south by southwest is a film called woodlands dark and days bewitched a history of folk horror uh directed by kirla janice who is a film programmer uh, founder of the Miskatonic Institute for Horror Studies, if you recognize that name, uh, either from, you know, her efforts or from the original source material that it was pulled from. Uh, she wrote a great book called uh, House of Psychotic Women, which is about female neurosis in horror movies. Uh, and it's it's very, very personal, and it is very brilliantly written, and I highly recommend both the book and her new documentary coming out. Uh, you think it's like three hours. <laughs> so ah. if, you're a fan, if you're a fan of Wiseman, uh, you're, you'll be right at home. Uh, but its length is entirely justified every time you think that this is just going to be like very cut and dry, very remedial, or like very kind of Wikipedia page. Uh, sort of Eurocentric uh, sort of listing of like a like a listicle in film form. It's so much more than that. Every film, uh, you, you, these films are in like constant dialogue with each other within this documentary. And the analysis is so, so salient and, and so great. I really can't, can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, Woodlands right. Dark and Days Bewitched. It, it, as soon as it's available for you to see, I, I'm guessing that Shutter will probably eventually pick this up. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds like a Shutter thing. <laughs> uh, because yeah, uh, or actually no, uh, it's Severn Films produced it, so it's it'll for sure at least get a, a, a DVD or Blu-ray release. Cool. Uh, and be available to rent digitally somewhere. Uh, yes, can't recommend it enough. All right. Um. Yeah, um, as for me, um, I actually mentioned uh, my recommendation for The Margins briefly uh, at the end of last week's episode. Um, my recommendation for The Margins is the 2017 documentary. Um, it is not three hours. It's only seven minutes long. Um, is It's called A Night at the Garden, and it is a, um, it is a documentary about a... Um, a rally that was held at Madison Square Garden in 1939. Um, and it was called a pro-American rally, and it was a Nazi rally in Madison Square Garden. Um, and yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's, uh, gigantic, uh, posters of George Washington alongside, uh, Nazi, Nazi flags. Um, it's, it's the entire audience Sieg Heiling. Um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, what it, I mean, the reason that it, it made waves when it came out, besides obvious reasons, is because it, what it is, is you're watching it and it's like, oh, this is the exact same thing as a rally for 45. Um, talking about the Jewish controlled press, talking about the ideal, uh, United States, uh, talking about um uh, at one point someone rushes the stage and is subsequently beaten up um as cheered on by um by the crowd it's it's yeah it i thought it, i thought for, you were gonna i thought you were gonna say it's exactly like triumph of the will <laughs> and i was like oh yeah oh yeah no it's i mean i mean there is that i guess but no i mean what this is is it's 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 like 
it's like one of Trump's rallies. Um, it's terrifyingly similar. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's only seven minutes long. I think it's on YouTube. And if it's not, you can watch it for free online somewhere like on the website for the, for the film. But, um, for me, (laughs) I mean, I got more out of, out of, out of this film than I did out of the garden. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, uh, the United States is, has never been a, as, as we like to call it, a, a Wiseman utopia. (laughs) The United States is, is, is a dystopia. It is an imperfect society. Um, and on that note, and on that note, <laughs> uh, I just I'd like to say, Harold, that I I think today worked great in terms of you kind of leading the dialogue, and but just I just wanted you to know that you did a good job today. I thank that, you. That aside from one brilliant, incredibly dirty joke, <laughs> you really held it together. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting it in before we just get really sad and frustrated next <laughs> week, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do this while we still can. Um, all right, uh, with Thanks that. For listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, we want to, oh, the, plug, plug yourself, Harold. I, I almost forgot it. Oh, I'm at Harold TXT on Twitter. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Schmerold, S-C-H-M-A-R-O-L-D. Uh, if you want to keep up with what I watch, uh, be on the lookout for my appearance uh, in an episode of It's Time to Talk the Muppets, uh, a, a show that talks about the Muppet Show that's now streaming on Disney+, Plus. revisiting all the episodes. I talked about the first season episode, I think it's like episode eight, with Paul Williams, who is a, a composer, musician. He wrote The Rainbow Connection, maybe... In my in my mind, one of the finest songwriters of the seventies, uh, and certainly one of the of, finest songs. Plenty of jokes in that one. All right, <laughs> all right. If you like that, if you like that kind I mean, of stuff. There is a place for it, uh, yeah. and you do get to hear me do some Muppet impressions. Oh, None of which awesome. are very good, but I try. Yeah. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. I can do a pretty good Kermit. Oh, Kermit! Kizzy, kizzy. Is that your Kermit? No, that's Miss Piggy. Oh, okay. I was I was like, that's that's not a good Kermit, Harold. All right. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Letterbox at Blue Gray Closet. You can find us, the Screens Margins, on Twitter at Screens Margins. You can we're based on Acre.fm slash Screens Margins, and we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Screens Margins, where in addition to the free podcast, we got a bonus podcast about Rainer Verde Fassbender, Lucrecia Martel, Dorothy Arzner. Uh, you get to vote on future episodes of our new releases podcast, Fresh from the Margins, and bonus stuff as well. Like I mentioned, we got a big project coming up. Um, and yeah, uh, that pretty much does it. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We know that there's a poll these days when it comes to films to focus only on the big and mainstream stuff. So thank you for spending time with us today here on the margins. Good night. Ah, 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 ah.